Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Because we got the alternative energy on nuclear free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. No, no. Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced on unceded Wurundjeri lands at 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, and brought to you with the support of the ACE Nuclear Free Collective at Friends of the Earth. My name is AC. On today's show, we're delving deep into the Rad Show archives to learn more about the history of the Radioactive Exposure Tour. The first Rad Tour happened in 1983 as part of Rock Stop which was a massive year-long protest against the construction of Roxbury Downs uranium mine in South Australia. 35 years later, it's still going, with this year's tour leaving on the 30th of March and travelling through nuclear sites across South Australia. First up, I wanted to share an interview between former Rad Show producers Jim Rommeld and Isla Marks and Eric Miller. Isla and Eric have been involved in the tour from early on and share some of the history of how the tour started. suppose it really started with the blockades, the uh, blockades at the Roxbury uranium mine in 83 and 84. Uh, in between the two blockades, a group of people, didn't include myself, uh, stayed at, uh, at Roxby on the construction site for the mine mm. and they held a vigil there for a whole year. Mm. And then after the blockade in 84, these people were moved on by, um, mm. by police, the police force, they were moved on quite brutally. And they went up to the Mount Springs area because they, they knew about the Mount Springs and that the um, uranium mine at Roxby was going to deplete some of the springs um, up along the Udnadatta track. And so those people moved up there and they, they lived up there for uh, two or three years. Mm-hmm. And while they were there, they kept writing to Friends of the Earth because mm-hmm. I was um, involved in the anti-uranium collective, which is a forerunner of ACE. And um, we kept receiving these letters from people up in the Mount Springs. They... they um, they called themselves the NAGs, the Nomadic Action Group. And yeah. so they were writing to us saying, we must come up and see what, what, what's happening to the springs. Well, the, the first one, it, well, we, we got the idea from, from what, what um, they were doing in the Philippines, where they call them exposure tours. And, um, and they were, you, you toured there and, and met with poor people and, and that, and, and, uh, you know, and, and people that have been you know, done over by different multinational companies and the... The, and things like that. So we, we thought we'd bring the idea back to Australia mm. for, for um, the nuclear industry. And, and so we, we, we thought we'd take people on a trip to, to show them, you know, the, the mines and, the, mm. and the, the companies that are operating these mines and that. Mm. And, and we found that, that when you saw it and you had it right in your face like that and you, you came face, you know, yeah, sort of face to face with it, mm. it was... It, it really stuck in your mind, and you could you could see all the wrongs and and um, and, and and yeah. So it it really um, 
energise people to, to go out and see that. Mm. But of course, and going out to the desert, you know, mm. I mean, that's, that's the big dream for most Australians, to go into the Red Centre. Yeah. And, um, and you really experience that, you know, on, on the radioactive tours, yeah. Mm. Burning in my brain People that just pass by They don't understand They can't hear our mother cry they can't feel her pain. Oh, no, no. And so in '87, um, myself and a person called Eric Miller, um, we both went up there to have a look. And most of the NAG people had left the area by then. And we spent um, two and a half days sitting on the veranda of our Arabana house waiting for somebody to speak to us. And finally, we got permission to, to go out and have a look at the springs. And we were allowed to camp out at Albrook Creek, yeah, wow. and, um, and and we were just fascinated by these springs, and we, we only visited a couple of them, but we knew that one was going to, uh, Bo Peachy was going to dry up um, by over 80%, and um, and we also knew that Hermit Hill, uh, which is a, a very, it's a sacred, sacred place, that that was going to be affected as well, and so when we came back to Melbourne, we, um, we'd been so impressed by them that we decided we'd go again and um, we, we did some publicity when we got back and told everyone about our amazing experience mm. and <clears throat> and so um, uh, uh, <clears throat> later in the year we went up and we uh, went, went back again with, with uh, we took a couple of extra people with us mm. and th- this became a bit of a habit and so we, we started going up two or three times a year yeah. um, to, to look at the springs, to check out the springs, and also to visit the uh, uranium mine because we, we, we just knew that this was going to be the biggest uranium mine in the world and mm. that, that everything that you've seen since has, mm. has happened. Mm. Uh, the tailing dam, tailings um, dam and the tailings pile was just so huge. When you first started going up to the Mount Springs, was the, was the idea to take people from the cities and show them... Um, places out in the desert that they would usually be really removed from so that yeah. they would understand yeah. Yeah, the it impact was, of yeah. uranium mining? I, I suppose what I wanted to do was repeat um, a personal experience I had when I was at the blockade at Roxby in um, in 83 and, and also in 84. I, I hadn't been out of the city before, particularly to the desert area, and I was um, um, just... Um, really impressed by the landscape. Mm. Um, at, at Roxby, you have the um, iconic um, orange sand dunes and a sand dune and a swale and, mm. and then another sand dune. And the, the thought that um, this area was going to be the most dominant feature in that area in the future was going to be a big pile of tailings, a monolith mm. of, of tailings, uh, horrified, horrified me. And um, uh, also the fact that um, looking at a... Um, a uranium mine. I, I knew. I, I knew when I lived in the city, without looking at it, I knew that the, the end result of a uranium mine was either nuclear weapons or radioactive mm. waste that had to be isolated from um, the environment for hundreds of thousands of years. Mm. So you, you know that intellectually, but mm. when you go and look at it, it has a different impression on you. Mm. And so I thought it was important for other people to actually see that themselves, and also to hear the stories of the. Um, uh, of people whose land, whose, whose traditional land, um, where families had lived on it for more generations than anyone could remember, mm. um, 
how, how they felt about it as well. So it was important for me, for other people to share that experience as well. How did the yeah? How did the relationship develop with the traditional owners, the Gogatha and the Arabana people, and and I guess the the current strong relationship, particularly with people like Uncle Kev. Well, I, I, relationships um, develop over time. It mm. was a, we, we kept going back. Um, I, I remember um, th- this was bef- before we started the tours. We we went up there, but it was raining, mm. and um, so we got as far as Mari, and we couldn't go any further. Mm. And so the people at Arabana House said, well, we've got something we'd like you to do. We, we want to start some, um, get um, people interested in tourism and Aboriginal tours. Uh, why don't you help us write a leaflet? And so we spent uh, the holiday writing a leaflet and finding the photos and putting that together. And so that wasn't so much a looking at a Mound Springs yeah. um, holiday, but more a, um, a doing something practical mm. holiday. So it sounds like it sort of grew quite organically. Yes, it, it, grew, it grew organically. Um, you know, because we, we we listened to, yeah. to what uh, the traditional people had to say, and um, if we offered to do anything, we we followed it up. Mm. Yeah, so strong connections. Well, there was the Arabana that we we connected with with first, um, and the the cook of the people. Mm. Um, and they they were we we had connections with them even before we started the tours. But mm. the, but the Arabana we really cemented. Um, Relations with them, and, and the the Kukatha, they they were a bit more problematic because they that you know they half of them you know were, were sort of in with the mine and half of them weren't sort of thing, mm. and then then when Beverly and the honeymoon uranium mine came along, we we made um, contact with the Andamutna mm. and and their their um their, their groups there, and they they were really strong. They were they were a good lot to to um to work mm. with. Um, and then when when the the waste dumps come along, it was the the Kunga Juta, and they were a group with a, a number of different um, groups, that, mm. and the the Kukatha and and Arabana were, were part of them, and they they were women, really strong women. They were really mm. good to work with. That's Isla Marks and Eric Miller talking about their experiences on earlier radioactive exposure tours. And before we head on, I'd just like to mention that it is the subscriber drive this week for 3CR. If you love the Radioactive show and want to support independent media, please subscribe to the show by calling 3CR on 03 9419 8377. Or you can subscribe online at 3cr.org.au backslash subscribe. And that's three the number, 3cr.org.au backslash subscribe. The Radioactive Show is distributed across this country thanks to the Community Radio Network. And if you're listening to us on your local community station, we encourage you to ring in and subscribe. And back to the show. In 2004, the Radioactive Tour included a celebration with the Kuba Pedi Kunga Tudor, a senior women's council from Kuba Pedi, when they won a landmark case to stop a proposal to put a waste dump on their land near Woomera. Isla and Eric talk about that historic time. Another thing we did, um, we, we took um, one of our tours to Cooper Pedy mm. because the, uh, the Kunga Judah had been writing to us and um, saying that they wanted some, some help, that they were opposed to the uh, waste dump being put in their area. Um, there were six sites in the whole area that, it, that, that, that could have been placed at 
and eventually um, the government chose Woomera, but then, um, as history tells us, that mine didn't go ahead because of the strong work um, done by or led by the uh, group of Peter Kungajuta, those mm. senior Aboriginal women that, that led the campaign against the mine. Mm. Um, they, they were writing, again, it was a matter, they were writing to Friends of the Earth saying, come up and help us. Mm. So we went up there and visited them mm. and um, spoke to them and worked out how we could help them um, oppose the mine. And um, one of the things we did was take a whole tour up there and organise a public meeting mm. uh, about the waste dump mm. at Cooper Pedy. And we also had a meeting with some of the ab- meetings with some of the Aboriginal um, bodies up there. Yeah, well, the, the, like the camp, well, the tour we t- we took on in two thousand and four, that was we we were, uh, we, were we organised to meet up with the Kungajuta at, at Woomera, mm. and um, and two days before we set off the Howard government realised it was going to lose the election and so it changed its, um, its policy on the waste dump. And so when we, when we met up with them, you know, a few days later, we had a, a really big celebration and, and that, that was great, you know. And they, they took us out as we, we were planning to, to, to talk tactics and that and have, mm. have all workshops and what, what we're going to do. Instead, we had this big celebration and then they took us out onto country and showed us some really marvellous places, oh. yeah. You don't, you don't need more proof of power of activism than what happened with the um, wonderful leadership of the Kungajuta, the Kumbapiti Kungajuta, the uh, uh, senior Aboriginal women, who with their leadership um, and a whole national campaign or international campaign were able to stop that waste dump. So I think mm. activism is really important. Mm. And um, the only way you can develop activism is by people knowing about things and by showing them and letting them see and work, see and walk on land. Mm. Um, First hand is a wonderful way of, of letting people know what's happening. Here is some historic audio from that special tour in 2004 featuring Cooker the Man, Andrew Starkey, and 3CR's own, own staff member Loretta O'Brien, who was then a radioactive exposure tour organiser. I'm Andrew Starkey, I'm a Cooker bloke, and uh, I'm sitting on Cooker Country, so welcome uh, to Woomera. Um, you're probably aware of the recent events in the media recently with the um, federal government saying that they're going to um, pull back on the dump. It's uh, pretty happy about all that, as you probably be aware. <clears throat> but, um, you know, as you know, um, there's a lot of people, um, they don't work behind the scenes. Uh, people like yourselves all need to need to be congratulated because it's people like you that make a difference, eh? Um, the people have been coming up here for six years or more now and stump. And, um, you know, the local residents, although as people who've been up here for a while can tell you that the place has changed over recent years, um, population-wise. But, um, you know, things will come and, come and go here in Wilma, but one thing will be here, the Kugler people will be still here. We're here on the radioactive um, racism tour. We're out at the site of um, Arcuna Station, which is where they plan to put their national nuclear waste dump. Um, so we're out here with the Cooper Pedy Kungajuda. They've taken us out to the site and um, a heap of students from various universities across Australia and other people concerned about the issue. So there's about 60 people and um, we've got banners and um, the banners say 
Cooper Pedy Kunga Judah winners, <laughs> which is fantastic, um, celebrating this huge win. It's um, pretty amazing to be here. We're in front of a big sign that says Arcuna Station and um, really just taking a moment as the sun's setting out here in a beautiful blue sky, um, just taking a moment to you know, mark the significance of this huge campaign which has stopped this national nuclear waste dump. That's Larissa O'Brien in a recording from 2004. Skip ahead nine years, and the Rad Tour 2013 followed the well-worn path for the 30-year anniversary. Anya Andurst and Nicole Kirby talk about their experience participating on the tour. So we left Melbourne and went to Adelaide and had a bit of a bus breakdown along the way, which the amazing organisers sorted out. Um, and then from Adelaide, we went to Port Augusta, where we met up with Sandra and Emily, who are Indigenous elders who were part of the Irati Wanti campaign, fighting the South Australian nuclear waste dump in the early 2000s and late 90s. Um, and that was a successful campaign. So it was really amazing to hear about their challenges and, and how they, yeah, it was inspiring to hear from them. And then we went to the um, Woomera um, and... Um, met up with Avon Hudson, who is an Air Force veteran who was around during the Maralinga British bomb tests in the 60s. Um, and he stayed with us for the whole trip, so it was amazing to hear his stories. Um, and we went to the Wimmera Detention Centre. Uh, the We camped out in the desert there. That's right. We went to, we went to Roxby Downs Olympic Dam um, to check out the uranium mine there. And from there we went to Lake Air South and camped there and went to the Mound Springs and Coward Springs. Uh, we also went to the Ochre Pits in the area um, and to the Gammon Ranges, the Flinders Ranges, and made our way, looped back down through Arcarula as well um, to Adelaide and then back to Melbourne. Yeah, it was pretty amazing to travel through that landscape and see, yeah, desert starry nights and I guess just how diverse that landscape mm. is and then by contrast, to go through, um, like, Olympic Dam uranium mine, which is, like, I don't know how big the area of the mine is, but, yeah, I think a lot of people on the tour were describing it like Mordor. It was kind of like this sort of dark, otherworldly place with these, like, kind of massive construction, steel construction kind of everywhere and big open piles of, like, yellow sulphur dust, um sulfur kind of overflowing from tanks and weird to see and then also I guess like going through that area through the Great Artesian Basin we found out how much water Olympic Dam is taking from the Great Artesian Basin every day and do you remember the figure? 37 million per day litres per day yeah Yeah, which is like a number that's hard to get your head around Mm. and then to see the effects on that landscape surrounding um, the uranium mine of um, how it had affected Mound Springs and how um, kind of wetlands had turned to really dry country and, Mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, we didn't talk about the Mount Springs, how we went out there. Um, They're Mm. basically like these, yeah, little hills, like little mounds, I suppose. And at the top of them, um, there's like little ponds um, of water, which the Great Artesian Basin has fed for thousands and thousands of years. Um, And it actually is quite lush around, around those mounds. Um, however, it's drying out because of how much water Olympic Dam is taking out of the Gab every year or every mm. day. Yeah. Mm. What was it like interacting with the staff and the questions that they did and didn't answer? So they took us in a bus on a tour throughout the mine site. 
we they told us about the mine and we asked them questions. Um, it was kind of interesting that they didn't want to turn around and make eye contact with us for most of it. Um, it was, I think, like considering the scale of and impacts of a mine like that, it was strange for us to be asking a lot of questions which either they couldn't answer or they didn't want to answer or they apparently hadn't thought of. And um, the youngest member of the tour, a 10-year-old kid, asked the pretty simple um, question about what would happen to the mine site when mining was finished. And they had seven staff on the tour with us and none of them could answer that. Apparently there was a plan, but nobody knew what was in the plan. This is my, this was my second rad tour, and um, I was really impressed by the diversity of the group in terms of ages, um, and also yeah from different um, like just different experiences. Like we had several internationals um, who came with us. Um, there was Bhargavi um, from Kulam Kulam in India, who uh, she's an anti nuclear activist over there, fighting a nuclear power plant. A lot for us. There was a lot for us to think about, and how yeah, the the mining that we're doing could end up um, in a place that doesn't even want it and is affecting people that we don't even know. We hit the road, and every day people had rotating roles as to what they had to do. There was lots of cooking together, and um, and just sharing everything Digging that needed to be done. Digging on a the daily sh- basis. Digging the shit pit on a daily basis. Yeah, we had um, four different affinity groups, and everyone was part of one of the groups, and. We would have every couple of nights maybe like a debrief session, how we were feeling and um, and just, yeah, really getting to the heart of um, the issue and in, in the midst of absolutely incredible landscapes, which and we all felt quite connected to. And I guess also hearing about people's, the campaigns that were connected and that people have been working about in, working on in other areas, like Bhagavi's um, campaign in... Kurankalam in southern India mm. and Steve Dundum. had come mm. from Broome and um, was talking about James Price Point and Jem and Crunchy were talking about the Muckety waste dump and Dunda Dunda well. from Germany, um, Fribourg, Germany. She um, is an anti nukes activist against nuclear power plants in Germany and that's quite a large movement over there. So it was, yeah, it just really brought home the, all the like links between uranium mining and um, nuclear power plants and also with Avon Hudson there about the, the bomb tests. Um, yeah, because often sometimes when we're talking about nuclear power or nuclear energy, we're just talking about one part of the, f- the food chain of it or the fuel chain of it um, because that's the only thing that's happening in our part of the world. But, yeah, it's really important to connect these these dots. It was really amazing to see how all these different people came together and kind of instantly formed this kind of community and got along so peacefully and cooperatively. And I think I certainly was, and I think probably a lot of people were really inspired by how this is a possibility as well, you know, of creating, like, another way of living. Yeah, this is this, like, that when we're fighting nuclear energy and stuff, that it is kind of about people. Um and people's relationship to land, and that that's totally what the Rad Tour epitomised for me. That was Anya Andurst and Nicole Kirby from the 2013 Rad Tour. Does the Radioactive Exposure Tour sound like something that you would enjoy? This year we'll be travelling from Melbourne to Adelaide and Port Augusta, over to Kimber, which is a small farming community where the government's trying to push its nuclear waste, Woomera, 
Olympic Dam uranium mine at Roxby Downs, Lake Eyre, and the Flinders Ranges, another site being pressured to host a national nuclear waste dump. We'll be speaking with traditional owners and local people along the way to hear how they feel about nuclear developments out on country. There's a very limited number of seats still available for the 10-day tour that starts on the 30th of March 2018. Go to melbournefo.org.au backslash radtour2018. That's melbournefo, melbourne and then f-o-e, dot org, dot a-u backslash radtour2018. Before I go, I wanted to promote a protest happening in Bree Warrener, New South Wales, on the 24th of February. No nuclear bunda bunda on nga ember land, bad poison, is a protest to stop the Bree Warrener Shire Council nominating a site for the National Nuclear Dump. Bree Warrener is 800 kilometres northwest of Sydney and hosts the famous Bree Warrener fish traps, which are estimated to be 40,000 years old and one of the oldest man-made structures on Earth. Traditional owners there are calling for people to help them to prevent the council from destroying land, environment and water for this generation and future generations. The rally starts at 9.30am on the 24th and I'll add a link to the event on the Rad Show Facebook page. I'm AC and you're listening to The Radioactive Show. Special thanks to all those who featured on the show today, including Jim Rommeld, Isla Marks and Eric Miller, Andrew Starkey, Loretta O'Brien, Anya Andurst and Nicole Kirby. This show was produced at 3CR in Nam, Melbourne and distributed across these stolen lands that we call Australia on the Community Radio Network. You'll find The Radioactive Show online at 3cr.org.au backslash radioactive, and that's three the digit, and you can get in touch with us by looking us up on Facebook or via email at radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com and again it's three the number the music on today's show was No 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 by Archie Roach thanks for listening and here's to a nuclear free future no no
Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We rely on the financial support of listeners like yourself to keep going. If you'd like to support diverse voices on your radio, go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.